You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. The Dance Umbrella of Ontario, or DUO, was founded in 1988 and operates out of Toronto, where we are currently, in DUO's offices on Parliament Street. Now, DUO is a not-for-profit, non-membered organization that supports uh, all the administrative needs of independent dance artists and small companies here in Ontario. And I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, three of the, the members of DUO who make this whole project run. Uh, I'm going to start with Jennifer Bennett, who's to my left here. You are the managing director of Duo, and you've been working in arts administration specific to, to administrating dance for, for a while now, it sounds like. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for having us. I um, spent four years as an arts manager at the Dance Umbrella um, as an intern first, and then with my own roster of clients, and then came back uh, just shy of two years ago to assume the role of managing director. And you have a, a history with dance as well. You were a studio dancer way back when? I was. Spandex, sequins, the whole deal. Love it. Love it. Okay. And then we also have uh, Allison Keery, who's a, an administrative intern here at Duo. And you're, how long have you been involved with Duo? Uh, I've been at Duo for a year and a bit now. I uh, approached Jennifer asking if I could do an internship um, shortly after graduating from York University and have stuck around because I love it. And you also currently dance? Uh, yeah, not as much as I would like to be, which is always the case, but um, a little bit of freelance where I'm able to, and then teach as well in the city. Yes, our Montreal listeners will recognize the Mama Dance reference. You've actually worked with them in what capacity exactly? Um, I'm a Mama Dance's teacher here in Toronto. So I've taught two sessions with them. Um, they have only recently started up here. And then I also am doing some administrative work uh, out of Toronto for them as well. Okay, fantastic. And the last guest that we have in the room here is Nicole Rossov. And you are the communications coordinator, so you have a background both in dance and communications, and you found this lovely way to combine the two. Yes, uh, that's true. I started at Duo um, about two years ago as an intern, and then it turned into the role of a communications coordinator. Fantastic. So that seems like, like how you get into to being a part of Duo as, a, as an organization mm-hmm. is you start interning and then you <laughs> work your way in yes. and you make yourself indispensable and there you go. So perhaps we can talk about uh, what Duo does. So you offer production, communication, administration, financial, and business services to dance artists in the city. And a, and a big part of it, too, is, is that you do it in a way that's affordable for these artists to do it. And we all know and we're familiar with the fact that a lot of artists have to be their own administrators in this day and age. And so that my understanding is that the system is basically set up to help them do that and to give them give them assistance in the skills where they may be lacking. Yeah, that's correct. Um, we're really fortunate to be funded by three levels, um, Canada Council, Ontario Arts Council, and the Toronto Arts Council. We're grateful for their support. Um, and it's through that funding that we're able to provide our administrative services at a subsidized rate so that uh, emerging artists who don't have the resources um, financially sometimes and in capacity and time, and then also um, incorporated not-for-profits and charities who are smaller organizations who don't have the full administrative budget to have a full-time staff person can sign a project-based contract with Duo to get 
tailored services that meet the exact needs they're looking for at that time, and that then we have a team that can activate and provide those services. Fantastic. And you have, like, we, we've been speaking to Nicole over here, who is communications coordinator. And so you, you specifically are, are pairing up with, with people to help them build a plan for marketing their, their productions and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I work with a variety of clients uh, with different projects. Um, the contracts can range anywhere from three months to sort of ongoing maintenance throughout the year. Um, I do everything from publicity, uh, communication services, social media, basically depending on what the client needs um, or if they're working on a certain project or if they have a performance coming up, we sort of tailor it to exactly what, uh, what they're needing at the time. And then you also have somebody on board, Natalia, who is a finances manager and uh, will will help people with, is it both personal and business finances? So we don't do as much of the personal finances. Um, Natalia is um, an accountant and bookkeeper here. So as soon as uh, an organization has incorporated, there are certain boxes they have to tick around annual filings and financial statements that require books be kept. And... Um, while we can offer some input and advice to specifically independent artists, uh, the bookkeeping and financial services are primarily for once you've incorporated um, and are working at a business level in that regard. Okay. Also on the business side of things that you, you actually have a, like a full service office here that you offer for, uh, I think that's both independent and organizations to come in and use the space and the yeah, internet certainly. and the printer and stuff, which yeah, is Yeah, co-working space. It's... Um, it's a great natural lit space and we love seeing the artists come in and out. Sometimes they'll come in and meet with me at the top of the morning and I'll say goodbye to them at the end of the night. They're still typing away, but uh, it's really great to have an opportunity to see our peers in this space and I'm really proud that Duo can provide that. And there's a, there's a note on the website that the more the merrier, the, you know, infusing the space with creative energy with all these excited dance brains in here. Yeah, I don't know um, if all of your listeners will be aware, but uh, Duo is located right at Carleton and Parliament, so we have the luxury of being right in the middle of a ton of Toronto dance activities. Mm. So we always welcome the drop-ins, the people who come in to say hi, the meetings that, that are impromptu in nature. It's, uh, it's a great way to keep things buzzing here and for us to kind of have our finger on the pulse of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a very welcoming environment and also philosophy. And uh, I, I note, too, that, that it's a, it's a non-membered organization. And, and can I ask why that is? Um, yes, you can ask why. Um, <laughs> um, so it's a non-membership-based organization because the services we provide establish a client relationship. There aren't any... Um, while Duo pursues community initiatives, it's not to serve a particular membership base. There are organizations like CATA Ontario or the Canadian Dance Alliance that have particular services that they're offering. Because we're tailoring the administrative work that we provide, it has to be on a, a client relationship because we're meeting the needs of a particular company or independent artist. And so in that way, it, it moves us um, into a category slightly separate from the traditional service organization. You don't have to be a member first to access our services. You come in and we, through a project-based contract, um, provide those services. And it does sound like there, there are some services that you, you can take advantage of for no cost, such as, such as visiting the space and certainly. the printer and internet and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, 
we it's an open door policy here and while our contracts are project based um we have a number of artists and companies who stay in touch with myself or any of the other arts managers here or, or nicole the communications coordinator and um in working that way we're trying to only invoice you for costs when we're providing you with something that you need but we want to be kept in the loop and know what's going on so that when you do come in and there's a project we're ready to hit the ground running mm -hmm. Listed as one of the values of Duo is, is innovation. And I'm wondering how, um, you know, as a client-based kind of operation, you control for, for innovation or support or encourage innovation. I definitely don't try and control it. Um, but I think that the dance sector, the dance community, is um, we can all admit that it's resource restricted. And I think that Duo wants to encourage and facilitate an environment. And I think that our team does where no idea is a bad idea. Let's get it all out on the table and see what we can do and not necessarily move forward with the status quo. Let's talk about what the options are for marketing your show. Let's talk about the options for um, even just the administrative infrastructure of your organization is having a full-time staff member to run the admin the best goal for you to have, or should you be looking for a team and dividing roles and responsibilities? So while I know that administration sometimes isn't innovative necessarily, we do want to, in tailoring our services, really meet your needs in the best mm -hmm. way possible. And that's, that's, I think, the spirit of innovation that we're pursuing. Also, as soon as we're ready, um, we restructured our services about 18 months ago. So we've been in an implementation and, and strategically providing just those services. But I think that Duo, in our larger goals, wants to hear from the community and eventually be activating on larger initiatives that meet the needs of the community and not just a client. Mm. To add to that, when I started at Duo, one of the things that I came on board for was to take over a uh, Toronto training calendar, which was a project that the Toronto dance community love and approach duo about saying, this is a service that the whole dance community is interested in having provided. Can you partner up with us to make something happen? And so I think that duo is quite conscious of, um, of the needs of the community as well and how we can benefit the community and different projects that we can do to reach out to the community with things like our coffee talk series, which is where we bring in a guest speaker and they talk about a specific um, subject and those are all free of charge. You just have to sign up and you come in and you listen and um, the new story talk series that we're starting where we bring in established artists to talk about their experiences and their work um, to emerging artists so they can kind of make those kinds of connections. And then also having the, the hot desk space and the accessibility of the hot desk space. I know for myself, because that's kind of where I station um, when I'm in duo and I'm working in the office is there's such a community environment that happens. You sit down and you're chatting with all sorts of different artists and it's, it's really, really uh, open and really welcoming. So it's just being conscious of, of that and duo really provides that kind of an atmosphere as well. I remember back in 2009, I actually participated in a symposium that Duo was organizing that was about, uh, there was a focus on like survival jobs and, and this, the, what came out of the symposium was this idea that we need to change the impression that if you don't have, uh, if you have a secondary job, 
to dance, then you must not be a professional or you must not be succeeding. Um, and I found that so interesting and just reflecting that it has been a long time since we had that conversation. Have you felt anything like that change in the community? Well, I think within the walls of Duo, we operate on the principle that all dance artists are entrepreneurs. And no matter what industry you're working in as an entrepreneur, there's a baseline of expenses that you'll have to meet month over month. And um, I think in that way, I think the conversation has has shifted that um, recognizing the entrepreneurial spirit of artists is acknowledging that not all of our resources will come from that primary practice all of the time, which isn't to say that we're not artists. And so I think in our planning and the executing of the work that we do, being mindful of that perpetuates the positive aspects of your career as an artist and the choices you have to make to support that career. Oh, I just want to say that I myself, uh, some of the clients I've actually worked with in the past year, um, while they are pursuing and are, I consider, you know, they are professional artists, they're pursuing their artistic endeavors. Um, they themselves do have other jobs. A lot of the time in the arts administration world, whether it's part-time or it's something that they just do um, freelance, um, and they are able to, you know, have this job so that they can pay the bills and so that it can actually, some of that money can go in towards creating their projects. Um, but I definitely see it as something that's doable and that you can still pursue um, yeah, your, your art um, along with having a job on the side, whatever that may be. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions about what is changing in the community, in the industry. Um, and I guess specific to Duo as well, as I understand it, you have five core members and a couple of part-time uh, people working on Duo right now or for Duo. Uh, is this a growth from where it started? Is this uh, consistently kind of this, this small, compact team doing all of this? I think um, there's been some ebb and flow in the size. I don't think we've gotten much larger, um, and there may be some administrators out there who can correct me, but I don't think we've gotten much larger than a staff of about seven. Um, a part of that is the funding we receive and how um, agile and responsive we can be to community needs. Um, but I think uh, most importantly, the transition that Duo has gone through has been from securing clients on an annual basis to opening up to project-based work. Um, there was a minimum hour commitment that clients used to have to make to the organization that had a carried with it a financial burden. Um, and I think what's really exciting for me is that moving to project-based means that we can work with smaller entities or individual artists, as I've, I've already said, for to meet specific needs. And that Duo, in because of that move, has become more accessible to um, a more diverse clientele within the dance sector. So that, for me, is really exciting. And I mean, if the artists keep knocking on our door, as long as resources allow, we'll keep building the team to meet those needs. Um, we just have to to mind the pluses and minuses. Okay, cool. So there is a, there is a growth of like people being interested or needing these resources right now. Certainly, um, there we, as I I mentioned earlier, um, we restructured the way that services were delivered, and I think we we took some time and and with a really dedicated board of directors did some community sounding and uh, slowed down to manage that transition but uh this is a fantastic team and and we're all raring to go and as people come in we're really excited to to establish new relationships with them 
Can I ask about uh, who, who have some of your notable clients been over the years? Notable clients. I mean, they're all of note. We've worked with fantastic artists. It's it's funny sometimes when we say notable, I, I start to think about largest, which isn't uh, necessarily a fair judgment to place. Um, we're really lucky to be working with a company like Pro Arte Danza right now with their artistic director, Roberto Campanella. That's a mid-sized um, company that's been functioning. They're celebrating their 10th anniversary this year. There's also an uh, independent dance artist who has her company, uh, Princess Productions, Yvonne Ung, who does her own solo work. She's choreographing duets and trios now, and then also um, is the festival and artistic director of Dance Made in Canada, Fatal Canada, that happens uh, every other summer. Uh, and then I think back into into the histories, I can I can only go back as far as 2007, so I'm sure there have been some some wonderful clients before that. But I know um, we had the opportunity to work with Santi Smith. We've had the opportunity. I know that uh, before my time, uh, Michael Trent, who's a fantastic member of the community, was a client of Duos. Um, there are also some amazing administrators who have come through our doors. Meredith Potter, who now works with Peggy Baker. Um, and Volcano Theatre was an administrator at the Dance Umbrella of Ontario. Uh, Sue Edworthy, who is an amazing marketer and uh, project manager here in the city, was an administrator with Duo. I'm going to pass this around and see what other names are coming to mind with some of the other people in the room. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so like Jen was saying, there's been a lot of really fantastic companies and independent artists that we've been working with. Um, one that when I actually first started, I was um, helping out with uh, Claudia Moore and her company Moonhorse Dance Theatre, um, as well as Sylvie Bouchard. We're currently also working with uh, Dusk Dances, our uh, production manager. Amy is uh, help. She's been working very hard on coordinating their summer uh, tour, uh, where they perform at various parks across the country. So there's there's been quite a diverse and uh, excellent range of artists. Uh, we've also had opportunities to work with established artists uh, like Rena Singa, and uh, have, we're currently working on her helping her with her festival. Serena is hosting a festival this summer that she's put on. I believe it's her seventh season, and it's the Catholic Mahotso of Canada uh, 2014 festival where she brings um, artists from all over Canada, actually, to come perform. Um, and it's at the Fairview Library uh, in Toronto this summer. And I'm sure the list is much, much longer. Uh, since you mentioned places outside of Toronto. Now, this is the Dance Umbrella of Ontario. How far does your support reach? Your office is here, clearly, and so are all your employees. Can you offer services to people outside of Toronto? So it depends on the nature of the service. We are open to any model that works that way. Um, statistically, a large majority of the Ontario dance that is happening happens in urban centres. So we are well situated in Toronto to, to meet the needs of um, a lot of the dance activity that's happening in the province. Um, and it's, it's something that we are definitely excited to explore when the right partnership comes up. Um, we indirectly are serving Ontario through the work that our Toronto-based clients are doing when they're getting out on the road, um, touring to different regions in the province, um, teaching in different regions. And so in that way, our reach is broad. Um, and it, it depends on the needs. I think managing a social media or marketing campaign would would easily be facilitated. I think, as an example, um, there's a, a young company called Fresh that we're working with right now. And while their home office is Toronto-based, David Norsworthy, who is the artistic director, spends a lot of time hopping from 
uh, Canadian to American to European cities. So 90% of the work that we do is uh, through meetings that are via Skype, via the telephone. So the capacity that we have and what technology has provided for us to be able to communicate and work without being in the same physical space means that, um, I hate to sound cliche, but the possibilities are endless. I think also it's uh, in terms of marketing, a lot of uh, people in the dance sector will send uh, their advertisements or posters or information about programs that they have going on. And I do, as um, managing a lot of duo social media, I am quite conscious to look at what's going on across Ontario and make sure that we are still advertising and publicizing um, for those organizations across Ontario and putting their posters up and spreading their information. So, And that's a free service that we offer. You can just email and, uh, and we'll post that on our blog or on our Facebook page or on Twitter for you. I'm, I'm thinking personally, because I'm, I'm from Ottawa, as I, as I know Nicole is as well, and uh, I have friends who've, who've studied at the Ottawa School of Dance and have since left because there, there's not enough of a base to support them in, in Ottawa uh, artistically as dance artists. I'm wondering if, if any of you have your finger on the pulse for that, that scene. Well, I left Ottawa uh, just over... Yeah, two, about two, two and a half years ago. And I did actually myself leave because I, I graduated and I had a strong interest in pursuing dance in an administrative role as well as in a performance role as well. Um, I, I do understand that a lot. I think the while there are some great things in Ottawa, like the Canada Dance Festival that happens at the National Arts Centre and um, a lot of... Small, uh, smaller companies. Um, the one thing I am noticing now, which is great, as Allison had mentioned, um, you know, we were open. We we post. Where this? Uh, we have a posting and listing service. Uh, we have our blog, and then through our social media pages, our Facebook and our Twitter, uh, we welcome anyone across Canada or in Ontario to send us their listings. And I've personally been noticing a lot more coming from the Ottawa dance community. A lot of younger emerging artists. A lot of independent projects, charity events. Um, you know, a lot of site-specific work, uh, which I think is really great because I, I myself know that a lot of uh, dancers leave the city to come to the bigger um, metropolitan cities like Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal. Um, but I have been noticing that lately there is this slow but definitely sort of exciting growth that's happening there. I think the nature of dance is that it's very community-focused as well. So it's you really have to keep your ear to the ground to be conscious of what's going on in each specific community. So the more people are reaching out to us, the more we are able to support them as well. So it goes both ways is really what, it, what I'm trying to say, yeah. Okay, I have another qu question based on your perspective and the, the specific uh, advantageous position you guys have. As, as we said kind of at the beginning, this idea of, of artists as their own administrators has kind of been the norm for a while now. I'm wondering how, if you've seen that change or shift at all, if you're seeing people have a larger capacity for their own administration, if you're seeing people teaming up artists and administrators, and, and, and what's happening right now? I think what's happening right now isn't necessarily a shift more in one direction or the other. Um, it's that there's more diversity in the way that people are working and that there are more conversations happening about the best way for an artist to work. When we're working in dance, there are people who are really excited by and want to do 
a lot of the business and administrative tasks and they're building support systems around them so that they have the knowledge and uh, infrastructure so that they can do the tasks that they're choosing. And then there are also artists who are acknowledging the list of one, two, three, or 10 things that they don't want to be doing and then are committing resources to having an administrator support that. Um, that a very long-winded way of just reiterating that I think the diversity is what's really exciting. It's no, the conversation is no longer, I need to be big enough or have a, a large enough pool of money to be able to have a full-time administrator. It's about, um, it's goal focused and it's, um, the art is being placed at the center. Uh, th this, I can't give a specific, specific example, but this is the project that I am pursuing and these are the things that I need to support it. And so I'll seek that support. Um, and that, that's why I think Duo is situated in a really exciting place because we, I get to sit in rooms and have a lot of exciting conversations with artists who are trying to articulate just that. And it's even more exciting when that list of one or two or 10 things that an artist needs are things that Duo can provide. And this, this leads into the, the innovation again of, of how to be innovative with your administration. I think exactly. I think that some companies are going to function amazingly and want to have a season of two or three performances a year and an artistic director that works hand-in-hand -hand with a general manager and to to build, to, to have the capacity to do that. And, I mean, as another point, to walk down the path of incorporating as a not-for-profit. Um, and then there are other organizations and creators and choreographers out there who want to take the time and go on hiatus and not have to maintain that infrastructure. And when they're ready to create or they have a project that they want to move forward with, that there are resources available to them and that they are more and more so aware of those resources. Uh, to my earlier point, we're, we're all really entrepreneurs. Another one of Duo's values is the work-life balance. This is often overlooked by, by people of all walks of life, and I can imagine in this, in this situation as well. And, and how, as an organization, do you, do you help artists with this? Well, I think the first and easy answer is lightening the administrative load so that um, a focus and an emphasis for the artist can be placed on the art. Um, I also think that uh, that goes hand in hand with allowing ourselves to take breaks. We are resource restricted as a community um, financially and because of those financial restrictions in some ways through human resources and there's a long list there are many conversations happening about what we could have but in this place where in some cases we don't have um, being rested being reminded that working 12 hours straight might not be the most productive way to do it, um, I think helps. When we're in this resource-restricted environment, sometimes we want to keep going and going and going. And I think that from my position as the leader of Duo, reminding everybody that it's okay to take a break, take a deep breath, and regroup, can, it can be one of the, the best reset buttons for making sure we stay productive with what we do have access to. I think the other thing as a, an emerging artist, because that's where I'm at myself right now, so I always look at Duo from that light, um, is that Duo is really great at providing, um, providing services that are free on our website or in different areas to help you as an emerging artist know what the right steps to take are. I mean, our education, there's so much we have to learn and a lot that 
all of these phenomenal professors and teachers are half a lot of information they're having to pass along and things like administration or things like that can sometimes fall through the cracks. And one of the great services that Duo offers is a one-hour free consultation where you can come in and if it's a project that you're working on or um, if you're needing a bit of advice on how to manage your finances or anything like that, Duo's doors are open and you can schedule an appointment and come in and have a better understanding of what the work aspect is that also needs to be done. If you're just flying at it with no idea, that can be just as exhausting and, and overwhelming as working a 12-hour day. So having a strong understanding of what steps are, are helpful steps to take, that's something that Duo um, has provided for emerging artists as well. I, I've been told before that the, the problem with being an entrepreneur is that you never know when you're done working because whenever you're on break, you feel guilty that you're not doing enough. <laughs> so I, I can appreciate this drive for finding the work-life balance. Uh, perhaps this is a question for the communication director, I'm not sure. But working at, at a Montreal um, language is always on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have you know, criticism for, for several organizations in, in Quebec that don't offer English services. Uh, and how how does Duo work uh, with French? Do you have services offered in French? So we currently don't. I, I you know, coming from Ottawa, um, I grew up learning French and speaking French. And um, you know, even any jobs that I had, I was required to be bilingual or at least you know be able to hold a conversation. Personally, uh, just my experience is that the lo- like the amount of French in Toronto um, is a lot more minimal. Uh, sort of in the city I personally haven't had any clients uh, that are French um, it's something that we don't currently offer like if you go onto our website it's all in English but again as Jen was saying as we expand as an organization and as we revamp our services I would say that it's not something that's out of the question in the future but currently we just don't have the capacity for it mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, going back to that idea of innovation, if Duo was to have someone approach and need some support, some French language support, um, both Nicole and myself would be able to help provide that. Um, and we would be open to, to working with something like that as well. And just one more thing to add, exactly what Allison was saying. We also, um, if there's a service or something that an artist comes to us that we don't actually do in-house in Duo, we have a great sort of list of references of people that we can recommend from everything from designers uh, to, you know, maybe somebody who has language uh, specialties. Um, So it's something that if somebody did come to us, we wouldn't just turn them away. We'd say, all right, let's help you in finding out who the right person would be to help you with this. Perhaps you can speak specifically about some of the things that you offer, uh, starting with like production. So when, when you say you offer box office support, uh, does that mean you, you can literally set up a box office for production and sell tickets online or something like that? Yeah, so box office is essentially, it covers everything um, in terms of what the client needs. It's everything from coordinating on-site staffing to setting up a table to having that there to uh, setting up an online box office or a box office by telephone. Uh, it's a full-service box office service, essentially. So if the venue that you're producing your event at does not come with an on-site or any sort of box office services, then we're happy to provide that in full capacity. Fantastic. I recently produced a show independently, and that was the last thing we thought about. It was like, oh, yeah, we need somebody at the door to sell the tickets. Oh, God. Uh, And and in terms of communication, um, 
I, I'm curious about the relationship that you guys have to to different uh, media, such as Dance Current and whatnot here in, in Toronto and elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have a, a good network of media contacts from the Dance Current to local blogs and to newspapers that any time we have a, um, a client come on and, and they're needing publicity or you know any sort of communication services, we always reach out to those primary contacts first. Um, you know, everything from just listings to perhaps a preview or a review of a show. Um, yeah, we have sort of this great network that we go to. And depending on what it is, the project at the time that we're working on, um, we'll tailor the information so that it might, um, you know, if there's the dance current is doing a specific uh, feature in one of their, you know, upcoming either online or in print. Um, we like to sort of keep current with what everyone is doing. And then if, you know, depending on what the client project is, um, sort of tailor it more to that so that, um, we can increase the, the publicity and we can increase the, the knowledge of the events that they're doing. Um, you know, in the other thing that I found is that blogs have been really, really great because while, you know, the Globe and Mail and some of the bigger newspapers, it's always harder to get coverage as, you know, there's a lot, uh, larger events happening and smaller scale companies do tend to have a harder time getting coverage in that way. We've definitely reached out to a lot of blogs and local dance resources um, who have been really great at, you know, helping out with coverage of events. And on the administration side of things, I, I love this note that you, you you use outside eyes for your, your creative process. So why not for your administrative process too? And that you do uh, offer grant reviews and things like that. Uh, do you also offer like, uh, workshops on how to write grants or how to fundraise? Uh, we have offered a grant writing workshop that we did in collaboration um, with the Toronto Arts Council last year. Uh, just sort of steps for writing was specific to the Toronto uh, Arts Council grants, um, but things to be conscious of, steps to do. On our website, we actually have a resource page where we go through things to think about when you are doing grant writing. So even if we're not giving a physical workshop, all of the information is on our website. Um, and then there we have things, like I mentioned before, our Coffee Talk series, where we bring in people that do um, talk about things and you can ask questions. It's a really great setup in that it's not just a, a lecture. There's a lot of um, question and answer periods and some amazing conversations that come out of it as well. Uh, so Duo is a part of that. Another thing that Duo has done is um, the DTRC also does a on-the-move conference and a lot of the time, which is for uh, uh, students that are about to graduate from the different uh, professional uh, training programs here in Toronto and we're there to talk to students about about next steps and things like that as well so there's lots of different workshops and events that we go to and we we attempt to provide services and information yeah I love the coffee shop idea we at dirty feet like talking about dance quite a bit so <laughs> uh, uh, also on your blog is like a listings call out for I, I believe like auditions call for submissions and 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 the calendar that you were speaking about yeah so we have the Toronto training calendar is actually uh, separate from our blog um, but we have uh, on our blog we do do listings for auditions for space for um, for workshops that are coming up as well as job postings all sorts of different things so it's a really great resource for if you're just looking for information or you're looking for a job opportunity or a volunteer opportunity you can go there 
Uh, yeah, so the other thing, too, is um, as Jen had mentioned earlier, Duo has really gone through a revamping process with our services as well as our website and sort of all online communication tools. Um, so currently our blog is in this sort of restructuring phase. And what we're actually doing is sort of partnering with other organizations in the mainly right now in the Toronto dance community. Um, but we're hoping to expand that beyond Ontario into the rest of Ontario and Canada. And what we're looking at is just figuring out and sort of collectively brainstorming the best ways to continue um, building our listing and our posting resource and blog, but, you know, making it as easy as possible for, let's say you're looking for an audition to come to our website and right away find what you're looking for. Um, so that's been something that we've been developing. We also, through our um, our newsletter, we send it a bi-weekly newsletter. We're always conscious to include, um, you know, anything from auditions to calls to artists to performances that are, that are coming up uh, in that as well. One of the big things for us, too, is that our Facebook page, um, it's a, we like to think of it as kind of a community bulletin board, so you feel free to go and post, share an event or anything like that onto our Facebook page as well um, so that people can have readily access to that information, that information too. Great. And, of course, that's danceumbrella.net where you can find all this information. Uh, we spoke about the financial and uh, business services that Duo offers. I feel like we have pretty much understood the organization. Uh, so thank you all so much for being here today. We've been speaking with Allison, Jennifer, and Nicole of the Dance Umbrella of Ontario. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> Dirty Feet was previously recorded at the Montreal Improv Theatre and is currently recorded out of Mainline Theatre. Thanks, dudes. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par... Produced and hosted by Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Moret-Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com, follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet, and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou... Vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.